Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. For the month of July, we're going to be talking about health and getting in better shape. I hate to break it to you, but change requires hard work, determination, persistence, and the ability to get back up and continue even when we fall flat on our faces. This applies to every aspect of our lives. On the other hand, This applies to every aspect of MAPS, or mental, academic, artistic, physical, and spiritual wholeness. On the other hand, our quest for MAPS can lead us each on a different journey. God created each of us as unique individuals. Therefore, no two journeys in this life will look exactly the same. Sharing our journeys and learning from others helps us process past detours and avoid pitfalls. So, let me share a little of my journey. I grew up sturdy. That was my grandma's word for me, but active. Playing with my three siblings, milking goats, working in the garden, riding horses, playing kick the can in the summertime, and walking to school. And then I learned how to read. I learned to balance my time between activity and nose buried in books, mostly. When I reached junior high age, I read more than I played, and I discovered things like diets and exercise plans. My parents raised us as vegetarians, and I always thought we ate pretty healthfully. Fresh-baked whole wheat bread cooling on the counter invited me to have a slice several times a week. You could say that I have a love-hate relationship with food and exercise. I knew I needed to eat healthfully, but when I was a kid, I hated fruits and vegetables. And I love sweets. Exercise routines promised to give me buns of steel but I preferred to curl up in a corner and read a good book. I tried a variety of things, none consistently, to look thin. I remember eating salads for two meals a day for several months. It got very boring. While pregnant with our first child, I convinced myself that we needed ice cream almost every day because, you know, protein and calcium help a fetus grow, right? I came to my senses in my third trimester when I received a gestational diabetes diagnosis. The diabetes went away within 24 hours of giving birth to a beautiful baby girl, but the added pounds took longer to shed. I managed to avoid gestational diabetes and huge weight gains during my second pregnancy. After another beautiful baby girl joined us, I committed to losing all the baby fat. I went jogging around town, pushing a double stroller, or biking, pulling a bicycle trailer. As far as meals went, I made menus, cooked ahead, and tried to save time and money. And I kept losing and gaining the same 15 pounds over the course of the next eight years. And then, Pedro got a cancer diagnosis. Over the next harrowing year, he and I exchanged weight. Pre-cancer, he weighed about 190, and I weighed about 135. The exchange was not a pretty picture for either of us. He stands six foot two and I a mere five foot six. You get the picture. Him weighing 135 and me weighing 190. Pedro's illness provided the perfect excuse for me to indulge in chocolate, ice cream, fast food, and wallowing in the corner in self-pity instead of trying to stay healthy. Unlike balloons, we don't inflate and deflate instantly. 
We often seem oblivious to the weight gain and the steady slide into bad habits and poor health. But unless we have a serious illness, those things don't happen overnight. After Pedro's miraculous recovery, we started changing our diet even more. We gradually eliminated white sugar, white flour, and white rice from our diets. I bought a pedometer and started keeping track of my steps. After taking 10,000 steps a day for a year, I started running again. By now, my motivation had changed. I no longer wanted to look like a model on a magazine cover, which was a dream from my preteen years. I just wanted to keep up with our active girls. Feeling out of breath and clumsy just made me feel old. The gray hairs didn't help either. I went on a low-carb diet. Militant food managing helped me lose weight, but I can't claim people enjoyed my company. I lost about a pound a week over the next year, and I've more or less kept the weight off. During times of stress or travel, I struggled to maintain my exercise routines and eating habits. I would still rather curl up in a corner with a good book than go for a run. No one has ever accused me of being athletic. I struggle to walk up a flight of stairs and drink water at the same time. I'd rather eat pastries, whole wheat and low fat of course, than a salad. I enjoy feeling fit and having muscles, but I don't enjoy the process required to acquire those things. Physical wholeness requires that we embark on a journey and promise not to beat ourselves up when we stall or take a side path. Shortcuts rarely save time, and if something looks too good to be true, it probably is. Ultimately, I had to decide and keep reminding myself that my purpose for seeking physical wholeness had nothing to do with external factors. I had to discover my why, and that's the first hack for today. You need to discover your own why. For me, physical wholeness makes me happy because I love challenging myself. I love to hike all day and see beautiful places that 90% of the population never visit. Eating healthfully helps me feel better and have more energy so I can enjoy life. Secretly, I love astonishing my students when I negotiate a difficult section of trail on my mountain bike while they push their bicycles up the hill. Everyone has different motivations for seeking physical wholeness. So in order to discover your why, use your journal to write down some of your motivations. We seldom feel motivated to do something difficult if we can't envision the payoff. I'll leave a link in the show notes that will take you to a worksheet that helps you figure out your why for physical self-care and physical wholeness. Hack number two is discover your own workout style. In order to nurture yourself properly, you need to discover areas in your life that need healing. Although I hold no degree in psychology, counseling, or psychiatry, I've lived long enough to know that anyone over the age of 10, and many times younger, needs healing of some sort. Let me tell you about a wound that kept me from enjoying physical activity for a long time. My freshman year in high school about did me in. I came from a very small elementary school. There were five kids in my eighth grade class. To a small private high school. The majority of freshmen came from a larger, more popular elementary school. The girls from the other school especially seemed to hate me. It could have had something to do with the most popular girl dumping her boyfriend after 8th grade graduation. And then he flirted with me the first month of high school. I won't lie, I flirted right back. And he asked me out to a school event. The week before the event, he unasked me. 
and ended up going with his ex-girlfriend. This event set off a series of hate notes from the girls' besties. P.E. class seemed to serve as their special taunting ground. They could make fun of me with impunity because I lacked coordination and because the clueless gym teacher did nothing to stop them. Fortunately, I had enough friends in other classes to keep me from feeling totally ostracized. My perception of myself as unathletic and cutsy has remained to this day. When I think back on my early childhood, I realize that I did have coordination and grace. After all, I took gymnastics and participated on a tumbling team. But that traumatic freshman year changed my perception of myself. I gave up on team sports of any kind and told myself I shouldn't try things I wasn't good at. Looking back, I can't say for certain I ever would have excelled at team sports if given a more positive environment. I do know I struggled to find ways to exercise and stay healthy. Up until college, I got my exercise by horseback riding and keeping the barn clean and jogging, but not very regularly. In college, I had my first experience of running and walking with friends. A core group of three, including myself, would go for a run four evenings a week when the weather stayed nice. Once it started snowing, we stuck to walking. I loved spending time with friends and exercising. It felt good to discover that I could go running with people who didn't torment me or make fun of me. For the first time, I realized that exercise and community went well together. I still enjoy walking, hiking, and running with friends, but I have a pretty low tolerance for tardiness and cancellations. If someone stands me up more than once, I never bring up the subject of exercising together again. You arrive late, I might just leave without you. I may need to work on my attitude in this area. For the most part, I enjoy exercising alone or with my daughters when they visit. So you need to discover your workout style. Whatever you do, don't let old wounds or misperceptions hold you back from staying active. By exploring your past beliefs, you can own them and change them. This knowledge will help you find a workout style that fits your personality and needs. For those who successfully played and enjoyed team sports as teenagers, you could join a community league. You could check with your local recreation center or YMCA to see if there are leagues you can join in your neighborhood. Pedro played on a softball league, and we enjoyed watching him and cheering. Another couple we know participates in a volleyball league. I like competition, just not team competition, so I enter the occasional race to give myself a goal for running. In order to keep moving forward on the path to physical wholeness, we need to discover ways to keep motivated we need accountability, whether in the form of a friend or a gadget or both. Someone at work called me athletic the other day, and I didn't correct them. After all, I run, I mountain bike, and I hike. I don't have to perform like a world-class athlete to earn the moniker athletic. And those mean girls from freshman year, by the end of sophomore year, I had made friends with one of them. When I graduated from high school, the ringleader and I had become friends as well. So don't forget the two hacks for starting your journey to better health. Number one, identify your why. Why do you want to improve your health? Hack number two, investigate your workout style. Do you prefer to exercise alone or do you like exercising with someone else? I've discovered that it works best for me if I have something that pushes me, whether it's an entry into some sort of a race or working out using the iFit app with my stationary bicycle or my treadmill. 
Come back next week when we talk about how to find a co-pilot and accountability tools. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.